the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Here we are on the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you again today. And today, I'm not, I'm not flying solo today. I have a guest on today. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And it just depends on timing and God's will. And today we've got a guest. And so, you know, those of you that love, you know, we're all called to love. Uh, do you realize that sometimes love isn't easy? That sometimes love is hard? So the person I have today, she's going to talk about that. And uh, she's going to talk about, you know, some things that have gone on in her life because I'm going to ask her some questions. And I got permission that I can do that um, because I think we learn from other people in, in our pain, in our joy. We can learn from other people, can't we? And it's really important that we can be vulnerable and transparent and allow, you know, sometimes it's okay to cry. Sometimes it's okay to let our emotions show because it kind of moves you. And it makes you realize that people are human and that we all have feelings. Sometimes have you ever been around somebody that just acted like they had no idea that somebody else had feelings, you know, that they weren't sensitive to another person? And we never know what somebody else is going through. You know, when somebody cuts you off on the freeway, yes, you can get mad and do whatever you do. Uh, but we don't know what's going on with that person, do we? We don't know what's happening if somebody, you know, um, looks at us funny or whatnot. So it's important that we're loving, that we're we're looking for ways to to uh, show his love. So today I have with me a lady by the name of Joyce J. Welcome aboard. Hi, Sue. Thank you so very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and share with your listeners. Thank you. And I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. You're from San Antonio. Yes, I am. And now, and now you're in L.A. Yes, that's correct. Do you wear cowboy boots? Not often, but I do love cowboy boots. <laughs> me and too. A hat. I call my cowboy boots slippers. They're my slippers. I love wearing them. <laughs> and I, I'm looking forward to going to Texas. I love Texas. I think Texas is wonderful. Those cowboys and oh, just everything about Texas I like. Yes, and it's a wide open spaces out there, so it's a very nice place to, if anybody wants to come and visit or stay for a while, that's great. That sounded like a country song, wide open spaces. Yep, yep. So we're going to talk about something that you hold dear to your heart, and it's loving hard. Love hard. So what is that all about? Why don't you just share with the listeners about what love hard is about? Love Heart is actually like a lifestyle. It's like a movement I consider. It's a way in which, you know, I feel that um, people can live their lives by being kind to each other, being more caring, um, helpful, and respectful. Um, it's something that I feel that many people have gotten away from doing it because 
life sometimes is so busy for many people and hustle and bustle and they get to the point where they're just thinking more or less about themselves and they're forgetting how to really love others. Um, in the Bible, God tells us that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. And that's something that people need to really put more into action. That is so true. Now, listen, listen to what she's saying there. And, and whenever I'm listening to somebody else talk, I'm always thinking, okay, where am I? I do a, a kind of a, a progress report or a report card on where I would fare on whatever the topic is that's being discussed. So from a scale from 1 to 10, I would give me a hmm in this in this area. So what what number would you put on how are you doing? Do you know your neighbors? You know, in this hustle and bustle, I found I lived with uh you know on the same street for many 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 years and there were neighbors two doors down that I didn't know their names. And I think that's very sad in this day and age. And it's a small community, but yet We're so busy in our own personal world and our own lives and just juggling the family, juggling just getting the kids to the soccer games and doing the homework and making dinner and, you know, fitting God, hopefully, in there a lot. Uh, But sometimes it's like, how do you get it all done? Right? Right. I agree. And it is a challenge to be able to get to know all of your neighbors. Um, As far as me, I'm working harder at making myself available to meet and to smile and just to say hello. Um, There are neighbors that I do know, but then there are some neighbors that I do not know. I just see them in passing. There are some neighbors that I've been trying to connect with for a while now, but it's almost like every time we do get in the same presence of each other, before I'm able to speak, they turn away or they look away and they don't give me the opportunity to kind of like really engage with them. But I've told myself the next time you need to be a little bit more assertive and um, just maybe just start talking to them. And um, I know that there's one uh, couple that's close around in our neighborhood, and that's what I've started doing. And I found that it's been very effective to where it's sort of opening up some doors little by little. So it's not always easy to get to know your neighbor, but you can make steps, even if they're baby steps, just by saying hi. Or it could start off with a smile. And you, people will say, okay, well, maybe that person is friendly. Then the next time there may be conversation. So I have to say that I have been somewhat guilty of not um, being as um, personable or open. But I am from the South, so we have a tendency to want to really engage with people and to talk a lot southern hospitality so (laughs) (laughs) i love that southern hospitality i i I think that i would fit well there uh it's wonderful so um you know in when i ask uh guests to come on the show i always ask the question of what is the main goal joyce for you today to the listeners right now what is it that you want more than anything if they catch one thing out of this entire show what would it be that you would want to say to them? I would want the listeners to know that life can be so much better if we learn to love each other, if we are able to get ourselves so enamored with the presence of God and just let the Holy Spirit take over our body, souls, and mind and just let that love that he gives to us spill out to others. We'll find that the world could be so much more of a better place. 
That is so true, amen, sister. I could not agree with you more. So there are some scriptures, because I always ask for scriptures, because I I always want to be in his word. I want to be founded, you know, have that strong foundation in his word, rooted in his word. And so you've mentioned John 15, 12, and 13, I'm sorry, 12 through 13. You want to state what that scripture is? Yes. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity. And I just want to say, you know, right now, I'm just so glad that there's a show like Sufri's show that allows someone like myself to come on and just talk about God and his goodness, because we live in a world today where so many people are afraid to talk about God because, you know, this night, that's not the thing to do, you know, but thank you so much. But in regards to John fifteen twelve and 13, it says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. So if you were going to explain that to somebody that maybe doesn't understand what that is saying, what would you say? I would say to them that God loves us so much. I mean, he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, so that we would have the right to live. And when you think about it, you know, especially if you're a parent, even if you know someone, maybe you're not a parent, but you're an aunt or an uncle, would you want to sacrifice your only child or your only loved one so that others can live? And you're probably saying, no, because I don't even like the others. So (laughs) I I sure don't love them. So why would I want to do something like that? But God did this. So that is a way in which he wants us to live our lives. And when we're able to just love someone unconditionally and to give our lives for them, that shows love because we really care for them because we can empathize. When we see someone that's hurting, uh, we see someone that's in pain, we see someone that's hungry, we go in, over and we do some things for them so that they will feel good, they will feel better. So that's what God wants us to do. Some people feel that I shouldn't have to um, give up my meal because that person is hungry. But we don't know how long that person's been hungry. So if you can sometimes make those sacrifices, that's an act of love. So I call that random acts of love hard. So Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And sacrifice is a part, a mm-hmm. big part of love. And, and we learned that mm-hmm. through God's love. It, it's sacrificial, and it means putting the other person before ourselves. That is when you, the true test of love, is when you put that other person before yourself. And that isn't easy to do. It is so not easy, but it's it's what we need to do. And if everyone loved like that, it would be a much better place to Mm -hmm. live, wouldn't it? Yes. (laughs) Listening to the Sue Free Show on KKLA 99.5. And if you're tuning in from San Diego, thank you so much for doing so. Please share the show, would you? And also, uh, KDAR, the word, Please thank you for being involved with the show. Connect with me, would you, on suefreeze.com. Suefreeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there. And I asked you before the show, Joyce, I said, how did you, I mean, have you listened to the show and, and everything? And, and can you just share with the audience what you've said to me? Yes, I love the show. I listen to it here, um, KKLA Radio. It's a great show, and I feel that um, Sue is very transparent. Um, she gives out a lot of information that's helpful. I visited with her website, and um, the website is just great because it has things on there that are like affirmations. Sometimes we're having our days where life can throw us a curveball, and we just like, oh, my gosh, this is just not my day. And you try to stay optimistic, and you, you 
you kind of keep your your focus up. But we can go to those affirmation pages on SueFreeze.com, and it really helps me. I love it. And also there's a form where you can fill out prayer requests, and which is really great because I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe in the word of Jesus. So get to praying about things, and I really love that and everything like that. So I thank you so much, Sue, for having that and that opportunity for others to go on and engage in your page and also to listen to your radio show. I feel this show is just a really blessing because, you know, just hearing the sound of her voice sometimes, whether I'm at home or driving in my car, it's just very soothing. And I can just feel that she's just so anointed with God's presence. And it just makes me feel like, okay, if Sue says this, I can kind of do it. I really (laughs) admire her. So thank you a lot. Wow. I was just asking a simple little question and I felt like I got so much more. (laughs) Thank you, Joyce, for sharing. And I just really, really, really would love to connect with everybody listening right now. So please go to the SueFreeze.com site and connect with me, would you? I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to know if you need prayer requests. I don't have all the answers. I really, I don't, but God does. And so, you know, just connect with me. I do have resources. And so if there is something I can help with you, I would. Um, so just know that. All right. And I'm the only one that listens. Just know that. I, I, I mean, I'm the only one that reads it. And I would be the one personally responding. I don't have a staff, as they say. It's just me. Uh, and I'll be happy to connect with you like that. So another scripture that I would like for you to share, if you would, I'm giving you a little chance to look it up, is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8. And you probably have it readily available, knowing you. Yes. Yes, this is one of my favorite scriptures here, talking about love. It says here, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Love that. And that, you know, sometimes we need guidelines. We need guidelines in life. I used to be a coach, a soccer coach for my kids when they were growing up. And I didn't know the first thing about soccer. So I had to get the book and I had to read the book. And it told me, you know, this is the, this is the goal. This is the uh, rules. And, and then I knew a little bit more about how to play the game. And so the book to life, you know, our rule book for life is the Bible. But sometimes we just don't know where to turn to get the rule or the answer to whatever is ailing us. Yes. What would you say to the listeners regarding that? Kind of I, putting you on the spot. I feel that the Bible itself has something in it for everyone. Yes. And I just want to share, too, that I know that um, we hadn't gotten to to talk about this part and how Love Heart kind of came about initially. And we will. But um, (laughs) the Bible, I have not always been a Bible reader. I have not always been so engaging in the Bible. I was brought up in a Christian home. My father was a Baptist minister. My mom sang in the church, but I wasn't that type of person. I loved God. I was baptized, but I did not grow up listening, I mean, reading the word as much as I should have. I am more engaged now because of some incidences that have occurred, and I have found strength in these words 
So I say that to the listeners that are out there, whatever situation that you're going through, there's something in this Bible for every single situation, whether it's finances, whether it's relationship, whether you're looking for a new spouse or careers or friendships, there's something in here for you. So just um, keep that in mind. And in the beginning, I want to say that I did not understand all the words, uh, and I still don't. So, But the thing about it is the more I read it and then I read it over again, it starts really sinking and I'm starting to comprehend it more and more. So don't give up if you feel that, oh, the Bible is hard. I don't understand the words. There are different versions of Bibles. There are some easier readers. I was brought up on King James Version. So find a Bible that works for you and maybe do a Bible study. But the word is where it is. Yes, it is. And you are so right. And everybody has to start at the same place. And, you know, it's a learning curve. And I have found that as I mature in my walk and mature in my knowledge, uh, you know, we ask the Lord to give us a discernment when we're reading and and to help us to understand what is being written uh, and what what is the message God wants us at the time we're in. So there's things where I've read a certain chapter and I have little scribbles on the side of my Bible from, let's say, 10 years ago. I'll go back to that scripture now and I'll read it. It has a whole new meaning because of the experiences I've had for the 10 years and also where I am in my life now. So it speaks differently at certain times in your life, too. So you could read the Bible over and over and over again. And it's like an onion and it peels you back one layer at a time. Mm -hmm. And so as you go and you understand more and the Lord reveals more to you, it it, it becomes deeper and deeper and more and more and more. So I want to know more about how you started getting more into the word where Love Hard came from. Thank you for asking that question. Um, Love Hard kind of, I'll just share with you a little bit and um, I'll try to keep my um, composure. It's okay. Um, about, um, I was married, happily married for, to a great man. His name's Ronnie. We have, um, twins and, um, they, um, out here in California pursuing their dreams. And, um, about three years ago, a little over three years ago, I lost my husband suddenly. Um, he had, a a rupture in his heart, one of his valves. He wasn't sick or anything like that. And we've been happily married and, you know, and that sort of thing, and God just decided to take him home. It was really like a shock for me when it happened. Um, so um, after everything transpired, um, one day I was just, one evening I guess, I was just lying in bed, and these words start coming out, start coming out. I was thinking about my husband and the tragedy, and um he was telling me, talking to me about visiting heaven. So I wrote a, a poem, and I shouldn't say I wrote it because I feel God wrote a poem along with me, just used me as a vessel called If I Could. And basically, If I Could was saying, If I could, I would visit you in heaven because I missed you so much. And I talked about the dances that we were planning to have and to, to the trips we were planning to share and that sort of thing like that. So um, Love Heart spanned off of that, the book, and God has birthed that book through me, I feel, to share with other people, to share and let them know that life is so precious and that we never know at any given point in time when it's our time or when it's someone else's time. 
for us to leave this earth. And it's so much better when we can share love with each other versus hate. I started also seeing more marriages and couples to where they were either bickering and arguing and fighting or living as roommates and not really being caring of each other and not being loving. And God told me, you know, just kind of speak out to these people too as well. So there's a variety of reasons why I feel that Love Heart was birthed, whether it be with marriages, um, relationships. Sometimes we have families, even siblings, that have not spoken to each other in many, many years. And um, it's really sad. So we have to try to become more like Jesus. And we have even Christians, and I'm not trying to step on any toes, but we have Christians that go to church every Sunday, and they'll tell you, I go to church every Sunday. But where is their walk when it comes to what God is telling us in his word as far as how we're supposed to treat people, how we're supposed to forgive people? Many of many people aren't doing that, and it's sad, and we have to get back into loving heart and loving unconditionally. And when we see those things happen, we will be able to feel even more, I feel, of God's presence, and the world will turn around to be a better place because right now there's a lot of darkness out there, and we're called to be a light for others. God said to go out and make disciples of all men. So... God gave me many years, you know, my husband and I were together for almost 30 years. And I said, Lord, I said, you blessed me with so many wonderful years. I did not want my husband to go when he left. I didn't. We were making plans still to do certain things. But he decided it was time for him to go back home to him. And I said, Lord, whatever it is your will, let me do it. Because... I was just the point. I was just so broken, and I just didn't know what to do. But I found myself to where I got more into the Word. I was already attending church on a regular basis, but still I wasn't really in the Word as much as I should reading my Bible. I started getting more involved in the Bible. I started attending my church's Bible study class. I started just studying more. And um, I'm growing. I'm a, I'm a growing, you know, I guess Christian, I guess, so to say, with the word and that sort of thing like that. And and that's okay because I know that I'm trying and, and I know that my pastor said God will meet us wherever we are. So I'm so grateful and I'm so honored to be able to, you know, share with others. It's just like, you know, go for it when it comes to love and don't take each other for granted. Don't take your husband for granted. Don't take your wife for granted. And please, if you don't know how to love a person Talk to God and ask him and just pray over it. And you will learn, you will discover that there's words in this Bible that will teach you how to love, how wives should submit to their husbands, how husbands should really love their wives as Christ loved the church. So we really have to get ourselves together as a people and as a body of Christ and just to make this world a better place because one day God's going to come back. And I know I want to be one of those persons that he says that, You've done a great job, and I'm going to take you home with me, and I'm going to give you eternal life. And i like to see everyone have that. Me too. Me too. And that was such a great message, Joyce. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm sorry you've had to gone through. You've gone through what you've gone through, and it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, but look what God's doing, yes. and that's wonderful. And so many people don't get 20 or 30 years of 
a wonderful marriage. And so, you know, they're looking at that going, well, gosh, I'd like to just have one year, you know. And then there's other people that just have never found that love. And and the question is, is, uh, you know, what are you doing to find it? What are you doing to be more of the loving servant that God has created you to be? I was talking to a young lady who's married and has been married a long time. And uh, she says, I just don't see my husband as pursuing me anymore. He's, he's just, I don't think he's interested anymore. And I said, how are you feeling about him? Are you interested in him? And she was totally silent. And we will be back with more of the Sue Freeze Show right after this brief break. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. Ah, this is the life, honey. A little rain, a little sun. And a delicious house to eat. Yeah, I love the taste of pine. Oh, Joey, is there anything better than being a termite? There is. Being a homeowner without termites like you. Hi, I'm Susan Fries, owner of E. Termite Services, California's leading termite and pest control company. This time of year, termites are looking for a home, your home. Chances are they've already moved in. Give them a little rain, a little sun, and they'll start swarming and nesting, raising their kids. Thousands of hungry kids. We'll get rid of your unwelcome house guests quickly and conveniently. We use microwave, electric gun, and the E. heat process that effectively kills termites without the move-out hassle or embarrassment of tinting. Call us at 1-800-332-BUGS. Joey, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, shocking too. Mother was right. You're a lousy provider. Oh. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control, as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about our lifetime renewable warranty. Call 1-800-332-BUGS. Here's your host, Sue Freeze. Thank you, Ecola Termite Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. I don't know what we would do without you, but I don't want you to have to. So if you have any pest, termite, bed bug, rodent problems, you need to give Ecola a call. They're there to serve you ecological solutions for your individual needs. So call them today, termitelady.com or uh, call 877-332-2847. That spells bugs. And Learning to Breathe is a book that was written during a time when I could do not much of anything else but lay there and get well. Uh, shattered my leg, and the Lord just said, be still and know. And so I had to be still. I didn't have a choice. And so knowing that God was there and God was doing his miracle and healing my leg that the doctors were not sure but the surgeons did a marvelous job, and I know it's because God was guiding their hands. There were four hands in my leg for about six hours. And it took me six months to get out of the wheelchair and walking again, but I had to learn how to walk all over again. During that time, I wrote this book, and the book is about my journey with my son, Tyson, 
who I love dearly, along with my daughter, Tiana Freeze. And uh, Tyson has asthma, and he's had it since he was two. He also has uh, or had ADD. And so those two things together, we had uh, a lot of things to deal with, a lot of things. And I know there's people out there that have to deal with a whole lot more than that, uh, but they were things that cause extra, uh, you know, attention. Uh, you know, you just have to deal with it. So I wrote a book about it, and the passion for me is is that if we can have a healthier life and we can do things a better way in any aspect of our lives, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, any aspect of our lives, if we can learn and we can do better even today than we did yesterday, isn't that what God wants us to do? He wants the highest of quality for us. He purposed us for a reason, and we need to fulfill that purpose. Are you? And if you're not, why not? And if not yet, why not now? So I want you to uh, assess your situation, if you could. The Lord wants you to assess it. And if things aren't going the way you feel they should, then maybe you're not on the right road. Maybe there's another direction you need to go. Look up, ask the Lord to guide you, and he will do that. So before the break, we were talking to Joyce Jay, and she was talking about loving hard. Love hard. She was talking about her personal situation of what happened and where she is, where she was, and how God has brought her through. And she is trying to express to you just how important it is to love one another the way Christ loved us. And so without any further ado, I want to ask you another question. And the and I just thank you for being on the show, and I thank you for you letting your emotions show because I think it's so important because you're not alone. And people that are feeling like they're alone knowing they're not alone, there's something about that that just, I don't know, it's soothing to the soul. So how do you feel that churches and people are to treat widows and fatherless and all those people that are struggling? Well, that's a good question. I appreciate you asking that question, Sue. Um, There's a scripture verse here, Deuteronomy 24, 17, if I could just read that. Sure. It says, do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of a widow as a pledge. And um, when it comes to the church, I've um, spoken with other ladies, other widows. um, And overall, we feel that the churches can do more for widows. I've asked various different churches if they have a ministry for widows. Um, The majority of the churches um, responded that they did not have a widow ministry per se. Many times when a a wife loses her husband, they may have some support at the time of the funeral, making the arrangements and that sort of thing. But the moment that that's done, there's no support or very little support. And that's when they need it even more so because losing a spouse Losing a husband is very traumatic. My husband was the type of person that he was very hands-on. He took care of a lot of the repairs, whether it came to the car or trying to get things done around the home and that sort of thing. So you become to where uh, where you're not as familiar with certain things in certain situations because you don't have that experience because someone else has been doing it. So when it comes to the churches, it would be very helpful if they would take the time to find people or just to help have that support where they can get them through grief to help them to where okay um your 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 car is having some issues maybe they can just talk to them maybe there's somebody in the church body that may be a mechanic and they probably can help them 
to resolve certain issues with their with what they're having. But the church group, they're not really helping too much when it comes to widows. And I've been engaging with various different widows on social media and various different widows that God's been bringing across my path, even within the community. And they're pretty much saying the same thing. It would be so much better if we had our church that we can go to and rely on and uh, somewhere where we can go and to really have that support. So I wish the churches would do a better job, not to step on their toes or to offend, but I think that that's something that God wants them to do. And that's why he's mentioned the widows on numerous occasions in the Bible. And there's another scripture that talks about justice to the widows too, as well. It says something to the effect that God will protect the borders of the widows. So widows is something that he feels very strongly about. So to other widows that are out there, just remember that God is with us. God is for us. So remember that in whatever trial that in whatever storm that you're going through, because it is a learning process. That is a difficult thing. And I, I can relate to that. Uh, you know, even even people like women that are going through divorces and things like that, when you've had a husband that was there and maybe did some of those things, and then all of a sudden you're on your own. It is difficult. It is definitely yes. difficult to do that. I was talking to a uh, a man, a male friend of mine who lost his wife. And he was saying, he said, you know, there are more, there is more help for the widow than there is for a man who mm-hmm. loses his lovely wife. And I had never thought about that, about how, you know, he's kind of out there just kind of, you know, because men, women are more apt to support other women. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's other women out there that are, yes. you know, facing the same trials. But men that are going through the same trials don't reach out to other men that are going through the same trials. Yes. So that's a whole nother avenue because usually the woman does mm-hmm. uh, surpass and survive the male. And so there is more of it, but there is the other side too, yes. which I had never thought about. So it's not only in the church though, right? I mean, we need to, as a body, as just loving people, um, you know, relying on the church, yes. But if you're going to love thy neighbor, you might have an unchurched person living next door to you or whatnot. It doesn't mean you can't help that person. Yes. We got to help anybody that needs help. We should be reaching out and helping them. Thank you for sharing that, though, because I think a lot of people are just not aware because they're not they're not having to go through this mm-hmm. scenario. They have yes. their own, but mm-hmm. they're not going through this scenario. And so it's it's nice to have that awareness. It's really yes. nice to have the awareness of of those things that are happening. So how are we to love our friends? We're supposed to love hard, <laughs> even though sometimes our friends may get on our nerves. <laughs> they may not um, make us happy every day. But when it comes down to it, if we consider each other friends, we're supposed to love hard. And um, sometimes, you know, I think people kind of, again, once again, they just kind of get into the rat race of just doing this and doing that. Um, there's been times, too, where uh, I hear conversations where I've called my friend, you know, the other day and I haven't heard back from them. And even myself, I've called people and, and it takes days sometimes for them to get back. And that's sort of like a pet peeve of mine, honestly, because I'm the type of person where if I call you, you know, I'm going to try to. You know, if you call me, if I'm not able to pick up the phone, I'm going to try and text you back or get back with you right away. But there are people out there that they just, you know, they don't do that. You know, it's just not like their nature. So that's one thing, too, that I'm seeing more and more to where people are kind of getting um, a little bit distant with each other because of technology. You know, we got social media. It's not like, you know, back in the day where we just had, you know, home lines, you know, landlines and that sort of things, or people would visit more with each other. So some ways, too, I feel we can kind of love hard um, 
get back to some of those things like having those weekly barbecues, you know, or maybe, you know, just planning little um, small getaways together and um, maybe just saying, you know, hey, I'm going to church on Sunday. Would you love to come out and help me uh, come out and go to church with me and that sort of thing like that? Because um, for some reason or another, we're seeing less and less people attend church. And that's a sad thing. So those are just a few ways in which we can love hard. So Luke 631, you have that scripture? Luke 631 says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And that's very important because we have to remember we need to treat people like we want to be treated. We want to be treated kind, treat others kind. We want to be loved, show other people love. We want people to take out time for us, take out time for them. Because there's some people, they'll like, okay, I took out time for this particular person. But when I needed that person, where were they when I needed them? They were nowhere to be found. And it just creates distance. It just creates strife. And then the Bible tells us that we are not to have strife in our relationships. So sometimes one person may find themselves to where they have to do more of the loving, so to say. And that can be hard. And that's part of loving hard, even though, you know, that other friend, so-called friend, is not always doing the right thing. We still need to go over and beyond measures, so to say, and just be more loving. Because when we are and we take God's word and we say, okay, I know that I don't agree with exactly what that person did, but I'm going to love them anyway. When you let that light shine and you allow that light to be seen, it's like, wow, that person still loves me even though I treated him like that. That person is still going to try to have dinner with me even though last week I didn't return none of his calls or none of her calls. Then God sees that. And that person, you want them to see that too. And they say, wow, well, maybe I could change a little bit. Maybe there's something in them that's, you know, that's not common. It's it's very unique, and maybe I should be a little bit more like that. Maybe that light shines a little bit more because God wants our light to shine. And then when we allow that light to shine, hopefully more and more people will come to the light and more and more people will come to the kingdom. And then while we're all at the kingdom, we have more people to do kingdom work. And then, of course, you know, things will be better. So That sounds good to me. You're listening to The Sue Free Show on KKLA 99.5 or San Diego or Ventura. Very exciting. So now we're going to talk about why do you feel more marriages are failing? Oh, here we go. I feel marriages are failing for one because there's several reasons I think. I feel that people are not giving of themselves. They're more selfish. They just want things for themselves. They're getting into relationships. They're not really truly in love. They're looking around and say, "Okay, that person has he has a car, he's got a good job and Oh, he looks good. You know, he's got that washboard abs and all this other stuff. And boy, she's looking very good, you know, and everything like that. Got that Coke bottle figure. So, you know, they get into these relationships just because maybe sometimes because of what they see or maybe some desires they want. And they don't even really know each other, you know. So they didn't really, once maybe they were courting and they didn't really get a chance to um, fall in love with each other. So they're getting in relationships on convenience. That's one thing. Now, some people, um, 
they may have been in love at one point, but they some sort of way they have allowed themselves to fall out of love. Maybe it's a job and it's taking up much of their time. Maybe it's like we were discussing earlier. Maybe it's children, so they have all these different activities. So they're not really engaging. They're not really meeting each other in the morning and saying, honey, baby, I love you. They're not taking out time to um, keep that flame hot, so to say. They're not taking out the time just to really kind of continue to nurture their relationship because you have to continue to nurture a relationship for it to grow, for it to be successful. Another thing is communication. Communication is key. You have to talk to each other. You have to be able to understand what that other person is trying to tell you. You have to listen. So those things are very important because if you don't listen and you don't comprehend what each other are saying, you will be lost and you will find yourself to where you can just talk, 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 and nothing's really being done as far as like the progress or things you would like to see. Um, one other thing, too, that's very important that I feel is that you have to have God in the mix of everything. If you have God in the mix or when you have God in the mix of everything and with his word, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you and help you decide, give you wisdom and discernment. Because God says that, you know, he has wisdom for those who ask for it. It's just that simple in Proverbs. So we need to ask God for wisdom. And when he does give us wisdom, we need to act on it. So I feel those are just a few of the reasons why um, marriages are failing. Um, there's a scripture verse. Um, it talks about also in regards to um, marriage. And let me see. It says here, it's um, Ephesians 5 and 25. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, sometimes a man could get a woman in some sort of way, you know, he's treating her good all in the beginning. He's telling her all the things that she wants to hear. He's, you know, he's whining her and he's dining her and taking her to these places and doing all these things. And then all of a sudden, maybe for whatever reason, he just stops doing those things. He stops showing her love. Now, going out to a restaurant, that's not, you know, I'm not saying that that's love, but it's a kind gesture and you need to take care of him. And, you know, the wife has to eat and he has to eat as well, too. But people forget about these simple things like, Hello, you look nice. Saying the words, I love you. I love you, that's great. But all the time, what, there's times where that's not enough. You have to show love because love is an action word. So you have to show people you love them. And how do you do that? It could be like, well, um, I know Sue, she likes riding her bike. She, you know, she has a big bike. It's like maybe <laughs> one day somebody, you know, get it all cleaned up for her and, you know, maybe buy her a nice jacket. Oh, I really know she loves this. Or maybe, you know, something to the effect. She may be a coffee drinker. It's like, oh, baby, I, blaze, I put your coffee out there on the table. It's those little small little things that people will remember. And also in um, it says also because there's some for the wives, too, because the wives, we need to also take care of take care of the husbands. And in Ephesians 5, 22 and 23, it says, wives, submit to your husbands as the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Now, I've spoken with numerous ladies in regards to this, and some of them, they have problems with this verse right here. They don't want to submit to their husbands. And this is something that God has instructed us to do, is that we're supposed to submit to our husband because the husband is the answer to God. You know, the church answers to um the husband answers to God, the wife answers to the husband, and the church answers to Christ. 
And if we're going to find ourselves obedient in God's word, then these are things that we need to do. And if we're going to find ourselves to where we want God to bless our marriage and to bless our relationships, we need to be obedient because God is very big when it comes to obeying his commands. He rewards those who obey him. He's there for the righteous. So if we could soak ourselves into these words and follow God's commands, we'll find ourselves to where sometimes we may see or a couple may say, I just can't stand my husband anymore. God can turn a marriage around when you find yourselves walking in an obedient manner to his word. Your husband may work your last nerve or your wife, vice versa. But if you speak to God and you tell him, let him know what's going on, and you try to be obedient to his words, ask him for directions. But, you know, sometimes I hear that in relationships and marriages, Sometimes the wives or the, 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 the spouse is saying change that person, but sometimes it's that person that needs to be changed. And sometimes that's the way God, he uses certain scenarios to change them. So that's a little bit on marriage. And I, um, I'm praying that more marriages are strengthened, that there are more marriages that stay longer. We need to not have as many divorces that we're seeing right now. It's just very sad. I know that sometimes this, you know, it's just something that has to be done. But I feel that oftentimes when people do get married, they want that lifetime commitment. They want that lifetime to where they can grow together. You know, that was one of the things my husband told me when we first got together. He says, we're going to grow old together. We're going to be in rocking chairs and everything. And I was like, oh, yes. You know, if, and to me, it's just like, it. you know, it just was romantic just for him to think of me that way, just to say he wants to spend the rest of his life with me. I just melted you know it's like you know I just melted I guess like a popsicle on the 4th of July I was just so happy so if you have a, a spouse and and you feel you can work it out just 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 get in the word and get get with your church maybe and just try to work it out because you know it's 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 um it's not always good being alone put it that way I mean if you have to you have to that was excellent. And uh, something I learned in uh, marriage was the submission part. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my, my growing up, my family, my parents, I didn't understand that word submission. And I know a lot of people uh, understand what I'm saying right now is having healthy boundaries and uh, reading the book Codependent No More because mm-hmm. I felt that for me, um, I was trying to do everything the way someone was wanting me to do it, but yet I felt like I was losing me. And so, you know, when I learned that there's a difference between doormat and submission, then that is important, too. So understand that, yes, we are called to submit. And the husband is called to be head of household. And he will have to answer to our Heavenly Father for how he treats Mm -hmm. his family and how he takes care of them. And so that's a big responsibility. That is a big responsibility. And uh, a man that understands his relationship with his heavenly father understands his position and i think that when they have that relationship it makes things easier and better because they're they're aligning themselves this way Mm -hmm. uh, up and down you know there's god right there and then across horizontally to your spouse Mm -hmm. so it's wonderful and we didn't come from uh, a man's foot nor did we come from a man's head for a reason Mm -hmm. we came from his rib beside him to support him and to keep him, you know, going and taking care of and nurture him. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. And Ephesians is one of my favorite, favorite books. 
So we're, we're, we're winding down, and uh, we don't have much longer. We have like two minutes. Okay? okay. So in the two minutes, um, is there anything that the Holy Spirit is pressing on your heart that you would like to share? Um, I think I would like to talk a little bit about um, friendships and um, just kind of elaborate on that um, a little bit in regards to, because I know they're here in Los Angeles, People come out here for various reasons, but there are a lot of lonely people. I was listening to a sermon the other day at a church, and uh, the pastor was just saying that there are so many lonely people, even though there are so many people in the city, so many people are alone. So um, looking at um, Proverbs um, twenty-two twenty-five, and it talks about friendships. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. And there's another one that says, Proverbs thirteen twenty. it says, He who walks with the wise group is wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So just kind of remember that, you know, in friendships is um, to use discernment when you're choosing your friends. And when it comes to life in general, remember that love, um, love conquers a multitude of things. And if we all can learn to love hard and to put God first and foremost in our lives, it will help in so many areas. You are so right, and that's exactly what the Bible tells us to do. Love him first and love thy neighbor as thyself. And so for uh, no other, we, we just have to finish here, and I'm so sad because I'm loving everything that's being said here. So thank you so much for joining us on the Sue Free Show today. Thank you. <laughs> We should have you back. Anyway, be a blessing to someone each and every day. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Be a servant and put others before yourself. If you do those things, you will feel better, and so will those around you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.